Glad you're here. Um, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, what prompted um, my message this morning was, uh, I think, just the events that have happened over the last uh, the last week or so. Um, you know, um, I, I was thinking about many of you know Don and Lola Compton, who also lost their daughter. And I was thinking, here's a guy that uh, has dedicated his life, as long as I've known him, he's been a servant of the Lord, started out on Canyon Road with uh, Shalom Ministry, uh, has been involved in you know, uh, youth ministry, prison ministry, adult, and uh, when, you know, for however long that's been, 40, 50 years, but when their daughter passed away, I guess a couple of weeks ago, I mean, it was a guy that served, served the Lord his entire life. They didn't have money to, to go to the funeral. She was going to be buried in Alaska. They didn't have money to pay for the funeral. And I, I began to think, and the Lord really, really began to work in my heart, you know, that to whom much has been given, much is expected. And so... Um, I, uh, I I just I just want to I want to share some scriptures with you. I know that you know many of you are faithful in tithing. Some of you are not at that place yet. But the Bible talks about not only tithing, but it talks about offerings which are above your tithe. And um, while we don't designate where our tithe goes, we can designate where where the offering goes. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, okay, I'm just sharing what God told me, okay? And I'm not trying to put anything on anybody this morning. I'm just telling you what God spoke to me. And if, he's, if the Holy Spirit speaks to you out of this, then praise God. If he doesn't, then listen to me preach to myself this morning, okay? <laughs> um, I want to uh, start in the book of Acts. And it says, uh, this is uh, from uh, Acts chapter 4. Uh, the church is just kind of exploding and moving. And it says, while they were praying, it's talking about the disciples, where they were, uh, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They continued to speak the word of God with fearless confidence. The whole congregation of believers was united uh, as one, one heart, one mind. They didn't even claim ownership of their own possessions, and no one said, that's mine, you can't have it. They shared everything. The apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the Master Jesus, and grace was on them all. And so it turned out that not a person among them was needy, and those who owned field and houses sold them and brought the price of the sale to the apostles, and listen to this, and made an offering. They made an offering. It wasn't a tithe, they made an offering of it, and the apostles then distributed it according to each person's need. And Joseph, called by the apostles Barnabas, which also means son of comfort, uh, a Levite born in Cyprus, sold a field that he owned and brought the money and made an offering of it to the apostles. And so he lays it down at the apostles' feet and just says, you know, here, do, do whatever you want to with this. You know, we don't, you know, 
we're born, and, and you can see this in as young as two, three-year-olds, we're born, we're born selfish. We're born again generous. Okay, but if you ever watch a group of two-year-olds, three-year-olds playing, I mean, you know, my grandson, he can have a toy, but if somebody else picks up another toy, uh, he runs over, that's mine, that's mine, I was playing with that, and then the little kid can give him that toy and go pick up another toy, and he'll walk back over, and he's like, no, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, I was playing with it. That's just kind of that, I mean, we're born that way. That, we're, you know, that's part of our sinful nature is to be selfish. But the scripture talks to us about, you know, being generous, that God was generous. And the first thing, the first place we learn that, the first place that you learn that as a believer is in John three sixteen, where it says that God so loved the world that he, that he gave. God so loved the world that he gave. And you're never more like God than when you're giving. And you're never more like the enemy than when you're taking, when you're just after it for yourself, out of greed. I'm not saying it's wrong to receive something that someone wants to give you, but if you're always just looking out for yourself, if you're constantly looking out for what we would call number one, that's greed. The Bible calls that covetousness, and it's also called idolatry. And so uh, God's got a plan in Deuteronomy chapter 15, he says that there must be no poor people among you. If we just listen to this today, we could eliminate a lot of the government programs that we have just by simply following the word of God. That there should be no poor people among you because God is going to bless you. Listen, he's going to bless you lavishly in the land that God your God is giving you as an inheritance. And let me just, I want to make this clear because I hear so many preachers preach this message and I just want to make one thing clear. We never give to get. We give to give. We give because God says that, you know, that we're showing the nature of God, the character of God in our giving. We're acting like our Heavenly Father. So, Please don't misunderstand this message. Will you never, ever, ever give so that, you know, we know that you can't outgive God, and the, and the Scripture is very clear on that, but it's the issue is in the heart. If I am constantly giving so God will pay me back, my heart's in a bad place. It's in the wrong place. But if I'm giving because God says that he asked me to give and tells me to give, it shows that, you know, that I'm just a servant of God. I'm just giving back what, what God has given me. And so it says, there shall be no poor people among you because God is going to bless you lavishly. That means abundantly in this land. Um, and your God, is going, that your God is giving you an inheritance in your very own land. But only if you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God. Diligently observing com uh, every commandment that I command you today. Oh yes, God, your God, will bless you as he has promised. You will lend to many nations, but you won't borrow from any. You'll rule over many nations, but uh, will rule over none, none, none will rule over you. And when you happen on someone who's in trouble or needs help among your people with whom you live in this land that God, your God, is giving you, don't look the other way and pretend you don't see him. 
don't keep a tight grip on your purse. No, look at him and open your purse and lend whatever and as much as he needs. Don't count the cost. Don't listen. Now, hear this closely. Don't listen to that selfish voice saying, it's almost the seventh year. Because remember that, and I didn't read this, but you can go back and read this in Deuteronomy chapter 15. It starts out that the seventh year is, uh, is when all debt is released. Now, how many of you would like to go back to that system? Okay, a few of you would. Let's go back. All debt is released after seven years. So what he's saying here is don't listen to that selfish voice saying it's almost the seventh year. And what that means is that on the sixth year, if someone comes to you and says, man, I'm, man I, I've had a bad year, my crops aren't doing good, my herds aren't doing good, and I need some help, can you help me out? And you in your mind begin to think, hey, I, I've only got one more year, and it's going to be the seventh year, and if he doesn't pay me back in that seventh year, I'm going to lose that money. I'm going to lose everything that I give it to him. And you try to kind of get out of it. But God's saying, don't listen to that selfish voice saying, it's almost the seventh year, the year of all debts are canceled. And turn aside and leave your needy neighbor in the lurch, refusing to help him, and he'll call God's attention to you and your blatant sin. Give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. You can underline that. The way you handle matters like this triggers, listen to this, the way that you handle matters like this triggers God's, your God's blessing in everything you do, in everything that you do. The way that you handle matters like this triggers God's response in the way that you handle everything that you do. That's in your school, in your, you know, at the workplace, with your employer, with your finances, in your relationships, it, in everything, in everything that you do, God's talking about this. He says, always be generous. Open purse and hands. Give to your neighbor in trouble, your poor and hurting neighbor. If a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman was sold to you and has served you for six years, in the seventh year you must set him or her free, release them uh, f uh, into a free life, and when you set them free, listen to this, and when you set them free, don't send them off empty-handed. Provide with them some animals. And notice these words that he uses. Not just bread, but plenty of bread. Not just wine, but plenty of wine. Not just oil, but plenty of oil. Load them with provisions from all the blessings with which God, your God, has blessed you. And see, I tell you guys that we get into a habit, and you can read this in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I won't read it today, but you can go back there. I think I read it a couple of weeks ago, and it says, really what he's saying is don't forget where all your blessings came from, because you may think that you're a self-made man, that you pulled yourself up by, by your bootstraps or your sandal straps or your, you know, your shoe straps, but God is saying that all the blessings that you have in your life come from him. Everything that you have comes from him. And that's why David said that all that I have and all that I am comes from the mighty hand of God. It comes from him and comes from him alone. And then he goes on to say, don't for a minute forget. Don't forget about this. Don't forget that you were once slaves in Egypt and your God, your God 
redeemed you from that slave world. And see, that's where many people are today. I mean, that slave world can be in finances, it can be in relationships, it can be in sin. You can be a, a, a slave to sin. You can be a slave to pornography or any, any sexual sin. You can be a slave to that. You can be a slave to unforgiveness, a slave to bitterness, a slave to, unfor, or to uh, judgment and criticism. Uh, I mean, there are many things that we can... Or we can be a slave to just buying things. I mean, i got to have the latest and greatest. I mean, as soon as the new phone comes out, I've got to trade mine in and get the new one. As soon as the new computer comes out, I've got to get rid of mine and get the new one. As soon as the new boat comes out, the new... I won't talk about fly rods uh, this morning. Um, but as soon as the latest and greatest comes out, you know, you want to go get it. That's in us. You know, that's in all of us. And so he says, don't be a slave. Don't, don't be a slave to this world. And he says that when you, he says, I want you to do this. He says, I want you to remember where you came from. Because there was all of, all of us, there was a time in, at least in my life, I don't know if you remember it in your life, but how many of you remember pulling up the back seat of your car and looking for change? Anybody remember doing that besides me? I mean, the rest of you were born wealthy, I guess. Man, I'm, I'm scratching, looking everywhere. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to talk to you just for a second about the difference between the tithe and the offering. First of all, the tithe means, the word tithe means ten. And it's interesting how many times it's used in the Bible. Um, it's used 240 times, just the number ten. And a tenth is used 79 times. And it starts, where do you think it starts? Ten. Ten times. Where do you think it starts? Come on, come on. Where? Ten commandments? That's a good one, but that's not it. It starts before there. Ten times. <clears throat> come on. Take a guess. <clears throat> Moses and Pharaoh, that's good, but that's not it. Melchizedek, that's good, but before that. Ten times, ten times, ten times. Genesis chapter 1, and God said ten times. If you look at it, you look it up. And God said ten times, let there be, let there be, let there be. Okay, I know that you're thinking, well, there was only seven days of six days of creation and God rested. But in a couple of those paragraphs, he said it twice. All right. But let me just read you a couple of more. There were 10 generations of men that lived on the earth between Noah and Adam. And God promised uh, Abraham that he would not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if there were how many? 10 righteous people there. Okay, uh, how many plagues were in Egypt? And how many spies brought back an evil report? And how many degrees did God cause the sun go, to go back? Ten degrees, right? <laughs> Come on, we're talking about ten, guys. <laughs> the Passover lamb was selected on the tenth day of the month. Um, the the Day of Atonement is on the 10th day of the 7th month. How many lepers did Jesus heal? How many virgins were there in that parable? 
How many coins did the lady have? Ten coins. She had ten coins, she lost one coin, right? All right. How many disciples were there? Ah, who said ten? <laughs> All right, just checking you guys out. I want to make sure that you're on your toes this morning. All right, Luke chapter 12, it says, and this is, this, this is speaking to me, everyone that has been given much, much will be demanded, and everyone that has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And so let me just go through, we're gonna, we've got communion this morning, I'm going to quickly go through four, four points about the scripture that we, we just read. Number one, he says, don't be selfish. Don't listen to that selfish voice saying, it's almost the seventh year. Uh, the year that all debts are canceled. Turn aside and leave your needy neighbor in a lurch, refusing to help him. It says, um, do nothing. This is Philippians chapter 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each to your, the interest of others. And that's what will keep us from helping one another is that we selfishly want to hoard and gather all we can. You know that, all, that expression, um, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can? You know, that's kind of how we are. And, you know, it's like we want to get all we can. We want to hold on to it. We're, we're kind of like, you know, the, our, my, the dog that we have doesn't do that so much now, but our other dog. I mean, you could put two bowls of food, Side by side, each dog has their own bowl. But when the second dog came up to get its bowl, the first dog would start growling. It's like, I want this bowl, and I want your bowl too. Don't be stingy, as Scripture said. Don't have a stingy heart. The way that you handle, listen, we said this, the way you handle matters like this triggers God's, your God's blessing in everything that you want and all your work and all your ventures. You don't want to see God's blessing in your hand be generous. Be generous with what God has given you. Remember, the stingy planter gets a stingy crop. This is from the message translation out of 2 Corinthians 9. A stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over. Make up in your own mind what you will give that will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it. Uh, when the giver delights in the giving. Um, remember the show? I was talking to someone the other day about uh, oh, at our uh, men's morning prayer, which, by the way, is seven uh, uh, Wednesday mornings at 6 o'clock, 6 to 7 o'clock, a little plug for men's prayer meeting. But we were talking about the, the old uh, movie. Some of you will remember this. You're going to date yourself if you remember this. But it was, uh, it was called The Millionaire. Anybody remember that movie on TV, The Millionaire? Okay. And uh, it was, the, the deal was that, you know, this guy was very, very wealthy, and he would write a check to some family that he, you know, thought was in desperate need. There was one condition. You couldn't tell anybody where it came from. You couldn't tell anybody where you got the money from. And we were talking about the ten lepers, how ten of them left, and, and one of them realized when he was healed that he came back and, and he told, or there was another leper when God told him, you know, that he was healed, that he went his way, and God told him to go show himself to the priest, but instead of going and showing himself to the priest, how that he just went and told everybody around the countryside that Jesus had healed him, and it said that he was so excited 
that, uh, and, and the people became so excited that Jesus couldn't continue to do work in the land because there was so much pressure on him. Unlike the story about the millionaire that if you told, you know, in that story, uh, in that movie, weekly movie, uh, uh, you had to give the money back. I just showed the grace of God. But remember recently there was a, who want, a show called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? More recent version of that older show. Anybody remember that show? Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Um, it says a survey was taken of American people that were asked, what would you would do for $2 million? And two-thirds of the people surveyed said that they would do at one, uh, one of the, uh, or at least one of these things. And this is what they were. For 25% uh, of the people that were interviewed asked what they would do for $2 million. 25 of them, 25% said they'd leave their family. 25% said they'd leave their church. 23% said they'd be a prostitute for a week. 16% um, said that they would give up American citizenship. I, I think that number is probably going to go up uh, <laughs> fairly quick. Um, had to get that in there. 16% um, said they'd leave their spouse. 10% uh, said that they would withhold testimony in a murder trial. 7% said that they would kill a stranger for $2 million. 4% okay. uh, said they'd have a sex change operation. And 3% said that they'd put their children up for adoption. Now, <laughs> I know that some of you have thought about doing it for a lot less <laughs> at times, but really, I mean, it just shows the corruption of the human heart. You know, that, I mean, really, the love of money really is the root of all evil. The third thing that God wants us to do, we talked about the don'ts, but now I'm going to talk about what He wants us to do. He wants us to be generous. And from that same scripture out of Deuteronomy chapter 15, it says, Always be generous, open purse and hands, give to your neighbor in trouble, your poor hurting neighbor. And then from Timothy, First uh, Timothy chapter 6, it says, Tell those that are rich, not to be proud, and not to trust in their money, which will soon be gone, but their pride and their trust should be in the living God, who always richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good, that they should be rich in good works, and should, be, and should give happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasures for themselves in heaven. That's from 1 Timothy chapter 6. And then finally, it says, be grateful. And I know many times, uh, you know, we, we have a day out of the year we call Thanksgiving that, you know, we, we uh, spend part of that day, a moment of that day, being grateful and uh, the rest of it watching as many football games as we possibly can. So, uh, but God really wants us to be grateful. He wants us, you know, not because we have to and not because he tells us to, um, you know, all of these attitudes have to be like that free-flowing well. Anybody ever seen an artesian well? Anybody, if you've ever seen an artesian well? I mean, it's just the most amazing thing. You can just walk. You, I, I, a friend of mine had one on a ranch that he had, um, you know, just outside of Santa Fe. And you're walking through the desert. And out of the ground, it's just like bubbling water. It's just like free-flowing water just coming up. It's the freshest water you can imagine. I mean, it tastes just 
absolutely great. That's the way that God wants us to be. He wants it to be free-flowing, not because His Word says that we have to do it, not even because we're saved, not because we're not trying to buy back our salvation, pay God for our salvation, pay God for the Holy Spirit, not trying to pay back God for the, you know, the good things that He's done in our life. We, I mean, you can, never, you can never pay those things back. And if you're trying to do that, you're just digging a deeper hole. But it just comes out of gratitude. God, I am so grateful. I'm not trying to pay you back for anything. It's just, I love you, Lord. I, I see what you've done in my life. And, and Lord, I want to be generous. I want to have a heart like yours. I want to give like yours. If you look at, I think it's 1 Kings. I believe it's 1 Kings. Uh, no, it's not 1 Kings. It's somewhere in the Bible, okay? Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I do this, but it's in the Bible. Where David wakes up in the morning and, uh, you know, it just says that, I think it's in 2 Samuel, maybe 8 and 9. You guys can check this out. But it says, it twice it says it just back to back. David wakes up in the morning and he says, is there anybody that I can be kind to today? Is there someone that I can show kindness to today? And see, that's really how God wants us to be. Who can you show kindness to today? So be grateful. He says, and when you send them off, don't send them off empty-handed. Provide for them uh, some animals, as we said, plenty of bread and wine and oil. Load them up with provisions from all the blessings with which God, your God, has blessed you. Don't for a minute forget that you were slaves in Egypt, and don't forget where all of these good things came or where they came from. And then as I read this scripture earlier, some of you may not have been here, from Isaiah chapter 12. And uh, as I was thinking about, you know, God's healing my life and, you know, just, uh, you know, the doctor's report that there's no cancer in my liver, I understand that, you know, there's, uh, I'm not out of the woods yet, uh, you know, I still may need a transplant unless God does something, but, you know, the pressure is off of having to, you know, race the clock, you know, that... Uh, I, I, I don't have to worry about that. I, uh, you know, it's like God has given me grace and given me time. But he says, give thanks. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He says, give thanks to God. If you guys just close your eyes for just a minute while I read this. And I, and I know that all of you, I mean, I, I know that I'm not the only blessed person in this room. I know that many, many, many of you have been blessed. But he says, listen to this, and I just want you to think about the words. I'm going to read them slow, and I want you to consider them and contemplate these words. He says, give thanks to God. Call out his name. Ask him anything. Shout to the nations and tell them what he has done. Spread the news of his great reputation. Sing praise songs to God. He's done it all. Let the whole earth know what he has done. Raise the roof. Sing your hearts out. And that's what real praise is all about is God. And I'm just so amazed and so blessed. Lord, I just could shout it from the mountains, Lord God. Uh, you know that old song, go tell it on the mountain. Tell the, tell the world, tell your neighbors, tell your friends, tell your loved ones the great things that God has done in your life. Now, with your, your head still bowed and your eyes closed this morning, I'm just going to ask you, have you 
And do you know? Have you settled it in your heart? If you were to pass today, and if today was your last day on this earth, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? Or do you have concern about that? If you're not sure that you would go to heaven and you want God to come into your life and you want the Father to forgive you your sins, if you want him to write your name in the Lamb's book of life, if you want to have what's called that blessed assurance that you know that you know that you know that no matter what happens in this world, if you die, you're going to be ushered right into the presence of the Lord. If you don't know that and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord today, nobody. this is just you and God, okay? Uh, you don't have to worry about your neighbor looking. Nobody's looking. Nobody's watching. This is just you and God. I just want to imagine, I want you to imagine for a moment that you have passed from this life to the next and you are looking God face to face. Do you know that he would say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord? Or would he say to you, depart from me, you evil, wicked servant? You want to go to heaven today. You want to change, you know you're on a, a, a crash course, a collision course with the enemy. And you want to get off of that road and you want your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I want you to raise your hand right now. You want to, you want to meet God. Raise it up high. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be ashamed. Okay, thank you. I mean, I'll just uh, hold them up for one more second. Please, one more second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's ten people. Please, okay, you can put them down. Three people that, uh, ten people that raised their hand. And I just want to... I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. If you just say, Heavenly Father, I know that I've grieved you. I know I've sinned against you. I know I've broken your law. I know I've, I've transgressed against you, that I have sin, that I have iniquity, that uh, I've had transgression in my life, and I ask that you would forgive me my sin, that you would change my heart, and that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, and God, that, Lord, that you would lead me in a way, that you would guide me in a way that I'm not living selfishly for myself, but I'm living for you and your kingdom. Take charge of my life now. Your word says that you will lead me along the best pathway of life. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. You know, ten people, ten people this morning that received Jesus Christ before. Okay, so we're going to come around to the table of the Lord, and uh, if we could have our servers come up. And, uh, and while they're, um, while they're uh, preparing the elements, why don't we, the rest of us, uh, I'll, just, I'll just share with you what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. And he said, before you partake in the Lord's Supper, he says, let a man or a woman examine himself. And uh, so that we don't eat or drink of the cup and eat the bread in an unworthy manner. And what that means is that we just, you know, we could flippantly care about what Jesus did on the, on the cross, this great sacrifice that he made that where Paul says, 
shall we sin that grace may abound? And he says, absolutely not. And so I want you to just take a moment. Uh, I think Rolando mentioned this from Psalm 139. It says, search me, O Lord, and try me and see if there's any wicked way in me. See, we're all sinners, including myself. There's no perfect people in this place. We're all sinners in this place, and we're all saved by the grace of God. And so when we ask God, uh, Lord, search me. Lord, have I been angry this week? Have I been, you know, have I displayed, you know, fits of rage or anger or unforgiveness? Has someone hurt my feelings and I'm holding a grudge? Am I bitter towards someone? Am I mad at an employee or a boss? Or am I disappointed, God, in just the way that life is turning out? That, you know, am I disappointed in you because of my marriage or because of my job? Or, you know, just uh, you can, we, can get, we can become honestly angry with God. And um, so just let the Holy Spirit just search your heart right now. And if he is revealing something to you, you can just simply say, Lord, forgive me. Because the Bible says that if we confess our sins, that's what you're doing right now when you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry for this, forgive me. I'm sorry for this, forgive me. I'm sorry for this, Lord, forgive me. And God's word says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's like the... In your mind's eye right now, if you could see a chalkboard that's got adultery, fornication, homosexuality, pornography, hatred, strife, bitterness, corruption, greed, idolatry, all of those things are written. All of your sins are written on that chalkboard. All of your sins, hatred, all of these things. Everything's written there. And you say, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And I want you to just see a big hand of God with a large eraser just erasing everything on that chalkboard. And I want you to see the words, all forgiven. All forgiven. Not one sin. All forgiven. That's for every one of you in here. All forgiven.